It's Your Health Radio, a special podcast series presented by Henry Mayo Newhall Hospital. Here's Melanie Cole. Welcome to It's Your Health Radio with Henry Mayo Newhall Hospital. I'm Melanie Cole, and today we're discussing receiving care at Henry Mayo Newhall Hospital. Joining me is Dr. Larry Kidd. He's the Senior Vice President and Chief Clinical Officer at Henry Mayo Newhall Hospital. Dr. Kidd, it's a pleasure to have you with us today. Henry Mayo has started performing some elective surgeries and other procedures again. Tell us a little bit about some of the steps the hospital has had to take to keep patients safe. Certainly. Thank you for having me. The hospital has started to uh, open up to more elective uh, type procedures, and that involves our outpatient uh, surgery center as well as some other diagnostic uh, centers and treatments. What we have done uh, is to expand on uh, several things that we've put in place previously. We've always had our emergency services available, people that needed emergency trauma or surgeries. Uh, we have been open for that. So we have had screening processes uh, for those patients coming in uh, for those types of care. In our outpatient or elective procedures, the hospital has developed uh, protocols uh, based on public health and CDC guidelines, which include uh, distancing uh, protocols. Our schedules have been modified uh, such that patient appointments are spaced out, so there are fewer people uh, presenting uh, at our outpatient services at a given time. Uh, there are protocols related to uh, wearing covers of the nose and mouth. Our staff are also uh, practicing uh, those same protocols in terms of uh, wearing face coverings, uh, hand hygiene protocols, uh, those kinds of things. Uh, in addition to that, prior to a patient's appointment uh, at the hospital, uh, there is a telephone screening that takes place. We want to ensure uh, that uh, patients have not experienced any acute illnesses recently, and they are screened for uh, COVID, potential contact, et cetera. Upon uh, presenting, provide they pass that telephone screen, uh, there's another screening that takes place at the arrival uh, desk at, at each of our sites. And with that, uh, a temperature screening is taken, uh, another review uh, since the phone uh, interview took place uh, is done to ensure that the patient has continued to be uh, healthy and uh, free of any symptoms. Uh, with that, uh, patients are provided uh, directions in terms of uh, where they're to be seated, what they can expect in terms of completing uh, the services that they reported for uh, for that appointment. So, Dr. Kidd, thank you so much for that answer. People have always been able to come in for infusions and such if they have active cancer treatment or other chronic diseases, correct? How have you and your team been evolving care for these patients during the pandemic? Well, as you indicate, uh, those patients uh, have been able to uh, come in. The, a similar process, if it's an emergency situation, of course, uh, for example, at our emergency room, we have an outside screening process that takes place in order to determine uh, which patients can proceed to a treatment area versus patients that might need further screening. For all patients that are presenting, uh, we assume that there's a potential risk, 
So our staff are all wearing appropriate uh, what we call PPE, uh, personal protective equipment. Uh, so essentially, there is really no difference for those patients in terms of their initial uh, contact. Uh, in some cases, uh, patients are reporting for uh, acute conditions which require uh, surgery, for example. Our surgical suites and uh, any area where treatment is taking place, we have an in enhanced uh, disinfectant uh, procedure uh, that's put in place uh, above what we would ordinarily we do. We've, we've always had infection control practices in place. We have uh, experts on staff, infectious disease, physician specialists, infectious disease nurses that provide uh, guidance to our teams. Tell us about some of the specific procedures that are opening back up. Can people get MRIs now? What about screenings, Dr. Kidd, such as colonoscopies, mammograms, things like that? W what's open now? Yes, we have started uh, to do screening exams. For example, our breast imaging center uh, is one area that's opened up where we had uh, delayed or postponed certain procedures like screening mammograms, for example. We are now once again uh, doing those types of screenings. Uh, again, the patients are uh, screened by telephone prior to coming in, and then there's uh, another screening uh, once they present. In terms of things like colonoscopies, uh, we are once again scheduling those procedures. Uh, and while those procedures aren't uh, urgent per se, there is the risk if patients don't have their screenings done uh, on a, a, a regular basis, there's a potential that a condition could exist that could be exacerbated before they have that diagnostic screening. So we do want people to start uh, signing up uh, for those appointments as well because we, we want to be on the side of, of preventative to avoid a more serious condition that, that uh, surfaces later. Uh, in our outpatient surgery center, we're now doing uh, elective surgeries where individuals, again, may not have an immediate need uh, but they have put off a uh, potentially uh, a joint replacement or some kind of orthopedic procedure where their mobilization may have been compromised. And over time, while not urgent, if those conditions are not addressed, they worsen over time uh, and the recovery and complications could be more extensive uh, if, if there's too long of a delay to, to have those procedures completed. Dr. Kidd, how has telemedicine helped to bridge this gap while some services were put on hold? Well, we always had uh, telemedicine uh, available to an extent, but it was greatly uh, enhanced once uh, patients were not coming to the hospital. So as an example, uh, we have an urgent care clinic on campus uh, which is for more minor conditions. It's been open for the most part during this whole time since uh, COVID-19 uh, came into play and we've had to modify uh, practices. We saw a decline in uh, patients coming for minor things that needed to be attended to. So by um, bringing a, a telemedicine online with those procedures, 
we were able to address uh, conditions by telemedicine, of course, and, and provide direction and guidance to patients. In some instances, the condition would be uh, more advanced or severe, and we could direct patients to the emergency room, for example. We could determine, is this something that you need to come into the ED for right now versus this is something that could be followed up at a physician's office appointment, that sort of thing, or we could schedule uh, a time for you to come in later. Uh, so uh, telemedicine for a period actually became, we became more, uh, we, we were busier with telemedicine than we were with actual physical visits. So that bridged that gap as well. We also, uh, at our wound care center, we had uh, patients that were not coming, for example, to have wounds treated uh, that um, had been on a course of uh, various type of therapies, that sort of thing. So some of those patients started to delay their care. By implementing telemedicine with those patients, the physicians, the nurses, uh, were able to uh, observe those wounds, look at them, uh, determine how well they were healing, and advise patients as to whether or not this wound is looking like something we really want to... Um, have you come in. It's it's more acute and need of attention uh, than, say, something you can put off for a couple of more weeks. Uh, patients have actually, uh, that have never experienced telemedicine before, they actually liked it. They actually found a benefit. We got good feedback. Um, and so in that regard, uh, it, it's really helped to uh, bridge the gap and, and, and get attention to uh, things that patients might need more urgently versus we could set up something down the road for in-house uh, visit. Well, that's a great point. I personally love telemedicine. It's so much more convenient, really, when you have something that you can discuss with your doctor that, as you say, does not need to be seen in person. Along those lines, Dr. Kidd, Reiterate and reinforce for the listeners that they should not put off emergency care when they do need it and what protocols are in place. Absolutely. One of the things that uh, we're seeing uh, in our community and across the country, uh, we had started to see patients delaying coming to the emergency room, for example, for uh, treatment. Uh, they might exhibit uh, symptoms. For example, we we weren't seeing as many patients coming in for what we would typically see in terms of signs of, say, a stroke. And they may have some minor kinds of symptoms initially, but there's a progression there that's, that's taking place. And the longer there is a delay in addressing a condition that needs to be treated, the less likely the outcome is going to be optimized. So the sooner individuals uh, are able to get in to be evaluated, and it's okay to maybe not have it be as severe as what you think, but it's always better to uh, err on the side of caution and to get in. There's just so many things that we can do to help uh, folks if they come in soon enough. If there's a delay, there's potential there'll be irreversible things that, that will result. For example, uh, with the stroke, for example, if you come in early enough, there's medicines we can provide, there are 
things that we can do, and oftentimes we can reverse uh, the symptoms. We can we have people that come in and they may experience some weakness, that sort of thing, with the proper treatment. Uh, we can reverse that, but time and time is of the essence to get in. Do not delay coming in for those usual kinds of things that you ordinarily come in for. But again, the public has been somewhat hesitant, uh, thinking perhaps it's, it's not safe. Uh, but clearly, uh, we've taken a number of measures above and beyond what we routinely have in place to ensure that we have uh, uh, infection prevention measures. Uh, we have the proper equipment. We have uh, social distancing in place in terms of seating, uh, how people progress through the emergency room. So uh, I can't stress enough um, that it is so important to continue to show up uh, at the appropriate urgent care site, the emergency department, uh, to get those acute needs uh, addressed because it it makes the difference between a not-so-good outcome and a a more optimal uh, result. Thank you so much, Dr. Kidd, as we wrap up. Please just Tell the community what you'd like them to know about coming to Henry Mayo Newhall Hospital and reassurances that things are running smoothly and are safe should someone need to come to the hospital. Right, certainly. I do want to emphasize again to the community that uh, it is perfectly safe to come into the hospital that we have gone uh, to extreme measures to ensure that our hospital is meeting all of the recommended uh, Department of Health recommendations, the CDC guidelines, as well as in some cases we've gone a step beyond what are sometimes uh, recommendations. We've added an extra layer uh, of caution to that. Uh, We certainly, if there are questions, uh, folks can um, check our website, uh, henrymayo.com, and uh, get information there on how to reach us. We're happy to speak with folks over the phone and provide uh, guidance in terms of uh, coming in to uh, be evaluated, that sort of thing. But again, all of the patients uh, that present are screened. All of our employees are also screened every day when they come to work to ensure that they're in good health, that we are protecting both Uh, The patients, the visitors, uh, limited visitation, but those visitors who do come in, they may be accompanying um, a child, a minor, uh, and then our employees and physicians as well. So we've taken precautions to ensure that all of those individuals are safe. Uh, Our cleaning practices have been enhanced like way above and beyond what the, the basic recommendations are. Uh, from the authorities that advise us on these things. And we're currently uh, reevaluating every day. We uh, get feedback, but for the most part, what we're seeing when patients present to the emergency room, they come for services, uh, they're sharing that they are very pleased and comfortable that uh, they're in a safe environment uh, and they are getting good care uh, as we've done uh, before, but also Uh, they see that we've enhanced our safety, particularly around this time of uh, concern that the public has with potentially contracting or transmitting uh, COVID-19. So uh, we're very safe, and we are here 
uh, to meet the needs of the community, and there shouldn't be any hesitation to come in. We are prepared for your time uh, with us, and we, we do wish uh, everyone good health, but in the event you need us, you have issues that arise uh, medically, uh, we want you to come in so that, uh, again, your outcome can be uh, optimized. And uh, our team is here ready and available. Thank you so much, Dr. Kidd. What great information and so encouraging for listeners to hear. To see a full list of open Henry Mayo services, please visit henrymayo.com. And that concludes this episode of It's Your Health Radio with Henry Mayo Newhall Hospital. If you have concerns, we encourage you to check the Henry Mayo website at henrymayo.com and click on the virus link at the top of the page for more info. Please share this show with your friends and family so we can all learn together what Henry Mayo Newhall Hospital is doing to keep the community safe. I'm Melanie Cole.